let's let's just psych up. Let's go. Yeah. You can do it. I lion believe face. in you. Ah, lemon face. Ooh, lion face. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. for this Fuck, let's just go into it so this week on the podcast nobody asked for we're talking about our top three post-apocalyptic worlds in which we could live our best life yeah it's i mean yeah it's it's interesting it's it's a it's a deep and disturbing look into mostly ian's psyche so uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's a great genre, right? It's Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely my favorite subgenre of anything. Like the the Fallout games I still think are some of the best video. There's something I don't know what it is. There's just something about creating these worlds which are familiar yet distant. Like things you can recognize but taking everything to like its logical conclusion and then just throwing frogs into it is that a hell comes to frogtown reference that is a hell comes to frogtown nice. reference yeah i think there's a weird like it's kind of that the the opportunity to to start again and like it's it feels like obviously we're not going through an apocalypse right now but we're going through a pretty shitty time and like what i guess it's kind of on what what is the world going to look like yeah i i think this is the a time this genre comes so <laughs> I don't know if I ever mentioned, Graham, but I have a history degree. And in that, I did a lot of work on like the Cold War and kind of like 50s and 60s and things like that. And that's really where the post-apocalyptic stuff came into its own. Mm -hmm. It was people under that kind of cloud of nuclear decimation coming up with kind of all of these stories and what could happen. So I could definitely see another wave of that happening now based on everything that's happened. Not the best turn of phrase given uh, given the waves that we've seen recently. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I just love it. Like some of the books, video games, films, um, I could talk about post-apocalyptic stuff for hours, which is why I've been told to stop talking about it. Yeah, that. and it's, it also, it's also quite interesting because I guess you take, it goes back to the, it, you're kind of like going back to the beginning of not necessarily human evolution, but like societal evolution, because you're going back from a massive global society back into these really quite small insular pods of yeah. people and how that then kind of is starting over and what, you know, you start to have, um, leaders that we'll talk about in some of these episodes people taking power and 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 how that kind of corrupts people and stuff and yeah it's um it's it's a really really interesting genre with a lot of like i don't know if it's subgenre is the right word but like it there are a lot of different ways that these films these everything yeah. we speak about here today is technically a post-apocalyptic film but they're all very different yeah it's a fascinating method of kind of framing what's happening now before we descend into our choices obviously we're going uh movie recommendations nobody asked for yep and today it's my choice and uh as will become a recurring theme in this episode my laziness so 
why have your apocalypse later when you can have your apocalypse now? Oh, fair play. That was very <laughs> oh, come good. on. That was, that was, that very was a good, good. one. But, that was very good. Um, but yeah, apocalypse now. So it's Vietnam War film starring uh, <laughs> an unexpectedly overweight Marlon Brando and the non-Welsh M. Sheen. And it is, it is, it's one of the best films ever made. It, it's fucking incredible. And it's worth watching. It also has some of the best use of music in a film as well. So the Ride of the Valkyries and then the Ends by the Doors. And not to spoil anything, it also has one of the best cameos in cinema as well with, um, fuck, is it Duval or Redford who pops up? Oh, it's, it's uh, Duval. So um, if you've, if you've already had your apocalypse now, is there anything else that you, you should maybe watch instead this week? A lot of apocalypses are, bear with me, a lot of apocalypses are kind of, you know, it's all about nuclear winter, right? So you have your nuclear winter, and then post-apocalypse is, if anything, it's kind of the spring. So it's the spring after a nuclear winter. So yeah. obviously the, the next logical step from spring would be midsummer for the Ari Aster yeah Florence Pugh movie it's it's incredible i don't think we talk about it enough no and i legitimately think everybody should watch it and then message somebody they love and arguably is you know it's all set within a commune it's kind of like establishing a new society from scratch right exactly both from kind of a socio-political physical point of view to also a mental point of view so those those are the movie recommendations nobody asked for this week. I apologise about so many things. But this week, like we said, it is post-apocalyptic world in which we could live our best life. And it's my choice first. Strap yourself in, people. First choice on my list then is 1964's, because I'm going old school, The Last Man on Earth. The Last Man on Earth stars Vincent Price, who you may know as Edward Scissorhands' dad. The Last Man on Earth is based on a book, which we will come to. But the general idea is not to cut too close to home, but there was a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so Vincent Price's character is immune because he got bitten. He thinks he's immune because he got bitten by a bat. So the opposite of problem that we have right now. So... There's this plague, and this plague basically turns people into kind of vampire zombies. So during the night, he's kind of besieged in his house with, by, to be fair, by about nine people trying to hit his wall with sticks. And then during the day, he's off out kind of combing the city, trying to kill as many of these zombie vampires as he can burning the body so they don't kind of get reanimated. The vampire zombies are scared of mirrors. They don't like garlic. They aren't a fan of sunlight. Right. I mean, I can relate. <laughs> yep, true. <laughs> and then if you stake them through the heart, they die like everything else. Right. Okay. So if this sounds familiar, it's because the book it's based on is 1954's I Am Legend, which obviously... In two, I'm just throwing dates at you now. Obviously, in 2007, Will Smith starred in I Am Legend, Ugh. which was a film based on the same source material. But the whole point of the book 
and of The Last Man on Earth. There's also The Omega Man, which is based on the same book, which is a Charlton Heston film from the 70s. But the main point of the story is not all of these zombie vampires are mindless killers. Mm -hmm. So the way he puts it in the film is the zombies are like, individually, they're really weak and they're kind of stupid. So he has no problem just barging past them the majority of the time. But it turns out some of them, there's kind of like a part cure, which is keeping a lot of people kind of to their senses and alive, even though they're, they still don't like garlic and they still don't like mirrors and daytime and things like that. So from their point of view, there's this guy who's going around killing them while they're sleeping. Yeah. So while, inverted commas, normal people are asleep during the day and awake at night there's this thing that doesn't come out at night time and is killing them all when they're vulnerable so the idea is that he is the legend to them Mm -hmm. so it's like dracula wouldn't be a monster if everyone was vampires right with you i also i also definitely thought you said it was parkour earlier and that piques my interest (laughs) yeah um... yeah, unfortunately there's no parkour (laughs) it's just vincent price wandering around looking moody (laughs) but yeah so the 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 very idea of it is that they are intelligent beings and this guy has basically been going around killing them and he's a monster to them, which is something which was entirely written out of the Will Smith I Am Legend, even though the title of the film alludes to it. So it would be like Lord of the Rings not being about a ring, but you still call it Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, why is that, Grant? Because, well, I mean, <laughs> if we're talking specifically about I Am Legend, it's a film where Will Smith is outacted by a German shepherd. Yeah, so there's there's also a dog in Last Man on Earth who also suffers the same or a similar fate anyway. But my favorite thing with that is whenever there's a dog, I'm more upset about the dog than you know the entirety of the human race dying. Well, you know about the the does the dog die website? Yes, I I have unironically used it. Yeah, yeah, same. Just to double check. Yeah, I can't. I think it was this is a tangent and a half. Uh, Tracks, which is a story about a woman crossing Australia with camels. There's a dog in that. I got really attached to the dog and I had to Google halfway through. <laughs> Please. You didn't you didn't care about the dromedaries, you were just, just worried about the doggo. Just want the dog, man. Just want the doggo. So to to bring it round to the subject of today's episode, the reason I could live my best life in this last man on earth world, mm. I'm an inherently lazy man. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't be out. So yeah, I wouldn't be using my days to hunt down zombie vampires. Like, I wouldn't be combing. So he's got a map that he's crossing out areas of the city that he's been to. And he's, like, going grid by grid. Right. Fuck that. The city's empty. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> like, I would be... My house would be full of art that I've got from the museum. Like, things would be on fire somewhere. Because why not? You wouldn't just have, like, your... He drives kind of what looks like a hearse. Nice. Like, why would you do that? You could have anything. You could have monster trucks. You could paint like a mini to look like an A-team van. It would be great. Like, the the world is literally your like your oyster. You don't have to. You could travel around. You could see things. And no one's around. Apart from either intelligent zombie people who wouldn't view me as a threat because I'm staying away from them, or... Very weak, stupid zombie things, which you can kind of just barge past. Is the luster of traveling the world somewhat hampered by hordes of 
intelligent or unintelligent zombies. I'm just wondering, you know, also, how are you getting, how are you traveling, how are you traveling the world? Have you got a pilot's license in this, in this scenario? So, slowly <laughs> is the answer to that. Um, so, there's, as with all of my other choices today, I have made some assumptions. <laughs> Assumption number one, I am immune. <laughs> Okay, that's that's Which, a fairly that's a fairly large yep. larger leap. Yeah, yeah. So the assumption is I'm immune, so I'll need to make sure I've been bitten by a bat previously, and no dead dogs. <laughs> but I'm assuming, I'm assuming everything's going to be okay. But I, I think you could have some, like maybe not traveling the world, but at least like in London. I mean, I put it to you. <laughs> Don't you lose kind of the love of traveling if you have to share it with too many people? <laughs> 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 nothing nothing ruins places like other people no but i think there's a fine balance because so i don't know i guess like and especially you talk london like london part of london is the buzz of london like i don't know if you've ever been like like around the city on a weekend where it is dead like no one goes to the city on the weekend like even the tesco's and sainsbury's are shut because there's just no one there and it's I'm 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 more of a waitrose man. <laughs> also shut. But yeah, it's just it's just I don't know. I just feel like there's you lose a bit of something. Even though you're right, there's a fine balance. Like I don't want there to be I don't want Oxford Street the weekend before Christmas busy. The opening scenes of twenty eight days later make me hard as a rock. <laughs> Just really, have you got a hospital gown fetish? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just uh, I just really like empty bridges. <laughs> but no, I, I think I think you could have a lot of fun. You could have a lot of fun, but I think you like, get bored quite quickly. Like, true, but also dogs have survived. So trading the the whole human race for dogs, and because because I haven't been going around killing these intelligent vampire zombie people while they mm. sleep, we should become friends. So there are going to be other people, and if anything. I'd be a novelty, so I would become like a minor celebrity in this post-apocalyptic world. I do think it'll be like, holy shit, is that the that's the that's the last man on earth? Go, come come on, Dave, come take my photo. Yeah, I wonder if it's um, I wonder if you could spin it that instead of just going out there and, and killing all of them, that you you know you're seen as a legend. Maybe you kind of take on this sort of regal vibe, and you become like king of the zombies i will be the day king <laughs> yeah it could work or, or it'll be instead of like you know like dracula legend it'll be like you know what mate that last man on earth he's a fucking legend <laughs> he is i'm just thinking actually. I, I, I woke up when i was asleep and he'd left a bag of fucking shopping for me like what a fucking great guy is, is you, you spoke about a number of other films that are based on this book and just listening to some of the stuff you're saying about it is potentially uh the hit musical the nightman cometh also based on uh, I Am Legend. Interesting, interesting theory. Unfortunately, there's no troll tolls <laughs> in uh, The Last Man on Earth. It would be The Last Boy on Earth. <laughs> yeah, because you do have to pay the troll toll. Yeah, but it's 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 an interesting, like, kind of talking about the the other films that are based on it. So the, the reason I went for The Last Man on Earth is that this is a film podcast. Um... Actually, I like the concept of the book more, mm -hmm. and the Last Man on Earth is the the most faithful adaptation we have of that source material. Right. So, 
I Am Legend, apparently there's a director's cut ending, which is a lot more similar to this, but then they just scrapped it for, uh, just made them heartless monsters, basically. Okay. Which could, but I, I just don't get why you would still call it I Am Legend. It's like you may as well just anything else. Same reason that you would turn down a certain sci-fi hit of the 90s to be in the Wild Wild West. Will Smith was supposed to be in Phantom Menace. <laughs> Uh, so when you said Last Man on Earth, my mind immediately went to the like short-lived TV series. Oh, I love that TV series. I, I was, I was going to make sure it was mentioned. Yeah, I thought you were just out there to, to repopulate the Earth. I thought that was, I thought that was how you were going to live your best life. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, wait, wait until my next choice. De- Debbie does wasteland. So I would live. I would live my best life by becoming the immune minor celebrity that is the legend, <laughs> the legendary last man on earth, based on pure laziness and probably inability to actively hunt people, which is on my CV. It's important to 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 let people know that you're not out to hunt them. I think when when applying for jobs. Yeah, it, it's a lot of. Uh... Oh, and that that's also worth mentioning as well. If anyone that I work with or play rugby with uh, are listening to this. And you've heard me repeatedly say how inherently lazy I am. That's not a reflection of my uh, <laughs> of my work ethic on or off the field. It just means I don't want to spend my days killing sleeping vampires. Zombies. I mean, you're a forward, so you're inherently lazy, right? I just have to run from rock to rock. It's fine. <laughs> if like it would be a different story if the, the zombie vampires were coming to me. <laughs> like that's that's a different you know that that's a different kettle of fish entirely but i feel like i would have not killed them enough for them to kind of introduce themselves fair enough <laughs> again many assumptions many assumptions but that's not even the smallest <laughs> leap i'm making on today's episode wonderful paint me a post apocalyptic watercolor then graham what's your choice yeah so for my first pick here and whilst i feel like i can live my best life here there's there's a few things that you mentioned during Last Man on Earth, which makes me think that you're going to live your best life here as well. And one of those is the fact that you're inherently lazy. And the other is that you don't want any dead dogs. My my, my inherent laziness is going to come back. <laughs> there's, there's at least another choice. I Well, I think all three of my choices can boil down to nice. that. So yeah, I think I think that, and then yeah, as I say, there's uh, there's no ne- there's no dead dogs here either, and that film is The Matrix. Nice. So this conversation could be over really quite quickly with The Matrix in saying that the best life I am living is the life I am living right now, and if Elon Musk is to be believed, we're basically living in a simulation, and therefore The Matrix already. Nice. Um, I. <laughs> I completely agree with this choice, but I can't, with any ethical backing, support anything that's argued with the phrase, if Elon Musk is to be believed. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's an awful individual. So that's him, him and his tiny submarines. I'm, I'm... <laughs> oh dear, I'd forgotten all about that. But yeah, so in theory, there, there are a lot of people out there, Mr. Musk included, that believe we're in some kind of simulation right now, and therefore the life we're living is essentially the life of of the matrix and i guess it's our only life therefore it's our best life therefore we're living it down 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 <laughs> so my next choice <laughs> yeah but anyway so back to back to the um back to the laziness argument uh you get to nap all day in a pod with 
all of your needs taken care of. So, fun story on this subject. So at university, I can't remember whose birthday it was, they had a favourite animal-themed bar crawl. Yep. And me, being a prick, <laughs> went as Animal from the Muppets. Nice. So I dyed my hair temporarily pink. I had drumsticks. Um, I was a very awkward man. Was. Was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I better now. It was a fun night. Went back to mine. University student wrecked. Yep. And, but I was kind of, you know, like when drunk you looks after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's the same person who, like, when you wake up in the morning, there's a bowl next to your bed because they, they care about you and they care about your and well-being. a second glass of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Drunk Ian clearly thought, you know what? We can't go to bed with temporary pink hair dye because it's going to fuck up the sheets. Yeah. So I had a bath. Right. <laughs> Got in the bath. Probably a mix of the heat <laughs> and, as discussed, being an inherently lazy man. I, like... Very quickly fell asleep. <laughs> like, but not, like, not for a long time. Like, I clearly, I was asleep for like 10 seconds or yeah. something. But long enough to have that mild amnesia when you wake up. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like the, mean, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. And my ah, oh, fuck moment was coming up in water that was pink. Yeah. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh, shit, it's the Matrix. <laughs> Did you also have to, like, yank a... Uh, lead out of your uh, esophagus as well. I think I did look for it was halfway through looking on my arms to see if there was anything there <laughs> I realised what was going on but it was a strange moment. Nothing sobers you up like thinking you're living in <laughs> that you're, you're a battery used for a post-apocalyptic robot. Yeah and so yeah I'd, rec- I'd recommend it for anyone. Yeah so but if you like you know you like napping you like all of your biological needs taken care of don't have to do anything. As you mentioned, you are technically a battery. But also, I'm ginger. Which means we have purpose. Th- yeah, there is that. But I'm, yeah, I'm ginger. So basically a Duracell already. <laughs> and um, uh, fun fact, Trinity actually calls Neo Copperhead in, in the Matrix as a reference to him being a battery. Oh, shit. I completely missed that. So did I. But research is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 part of it. If you break out of the matrix, yeah, maybe you're not having as much as a relaxing time. You do get cool robot suits. You, though. you do get cool robot suits. You also you need a bit of coding knowledge to get by, though, right? If you want to, if you want to really enjoy the matrix, and I don't want to brag, but I know some HTML and CSS, so um, I think <laughs> I, I can make a hell of a MySpace homepage. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my top eight would be, you know, you've got Morpheus up there. Obviously, you keep Tom in because um, he's always in the, the everyone's top eight. Speaking of the code of the Matrix, do you know what, like, the original... So, you know, you've got kind of the cascading green figures and everything. And it's it's a combination yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah. reversed letters and Japanese um, characters and stuff. But do you know what that was originally... What that originally came from? I, I always assumed it was vague computer jog it was made by scanning a sushi menu <laughs> and then manipulating it obviously but i fucking love sushi and this the matrix is essentially made out of sushi another reason <laughs> to count me in okay so not not to go, not to go too deep on what is at its heart a light-hearted podcast even though our second episode was about depressing films <laughs> would you rather so which pill 
which pill would you want, right? Like, would you rather the ability to go into the Matrix knowing what it is and having kind of your quasi-superpowers, or would you rather just live your life as a battery? I'm glad you asked, because that was my next point. So I, I would I would go with the one that, that takes you out, purely because, A, it's a tricky one, and this gets very philosophical, and I guess The, the Matrix is quite a philosophical movie when, when it boils down to it, but on one hand, you could blissfully live a quite normal quite nice life unaware of the fact that you're a battery but at the same time if you know there's okay talking of assumptions one of the assumptions that i would make is if i break out of the matrix i need to know the right people because the right people in the matrix can make the matrix literally anything you want it to be you can eat all of the best food you can have all of the skills you want you can get rid of any unwanted spoons it is Alanis Morissette's dream. I love how... I, I love how... Because I feel like I, I, I know you. Um, I know for a fact if we... If this happened to us, we wouldn't think, right, how are we going to free mankind from the robots? It's going to be, right, so I want to eat this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it would basically yeah. be like... It, we would make... It would be like an off-menu episode, but in the Matrix. That would be great, yeah. yeah. Dodo. Can I have a Dodo burrito? Let's see what that's, nice. that tastes yeah, yeah. like. I mean, do- Dodo was apparently so delicious we ate it to extinction, so you know. Yeah, but we also used to eat turtle soup as well, so. True. I um, On a slight tangent, I covertly googled red pill matrix, yeah. and the fourth response is why is Elon Musk telling us to take the red pill? <laughs> Well, isn't that there's a whole like that's that's what like this whole truth or conspiracy theory there is there's like a red pill website and all sorts. I think it's it's a it's a hell of a hole to go down. I think. Yay! But yeah, you were saying so you would want to eat everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, just enjoy, just enjoy being able to manipulate reality to your will, really, and and do what whatever the fuck you want. And as I said, in order to do that, you need to know the right people. So. Speaking of the right people, if you're in the Matrix, you can hang out with Keanu Reeves, who is one of the, objectively, one of the best people in Hollywood. And I defy you to tell me otherwise. I was going to say, like, I, I might just add that into, so, from now on, in any episode, assume that with every entry, the assumption is, I get to be friends with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and you get to hang out with Keanu Reeves, and you know who you don't have to hang out with? You don't have to hang out with Will Smith because he turned down the role of Neo <laughs> like a fucking chump. And do you know what else I found out? Do you know who else hates Will Smith? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock turned really? down the role of Trinity because Will Smith was Neo. And then she was gutted when it turned out he turned it down too. Well, luckily they got to hang out in the lake house. So, yeah, you know. Swings, swings, and magical roundabouts. And you meet. You're talking about Keanu Reeves, not Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I'm talking about Keanu Reeves. I mean, the Lake House would make a lot more sense if it was the Matrix. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a shared universe. Yeah. So, like, he's that's his way of trying to break people out. Yeah, yeah. Take. <laughs> but maybe cool. Like, there's. We we've mentioned it in passing before, but. The Animatrix is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Animatrix is so good. Yeah, they go through a lot of that because there's this, the... I think my favourite episode of the... So the Animatrix is a... It's a lot of short films set in the Matrix universe and each is done in like a different animation style. 
and there's one which is like an anime um the sports one are you talking about the sprinter yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's the guy who breaks like the eight second yeah. mark or something and then because he's exerted himself so much he wakes up in the real world and it's uh just yeah For, to stick with the theme of the episode i can't imagine exerting myself enough to wake up <laughs> i struggle to wake up in the matrix alone <laughs> outside of it yeah fair and also, I know I mentioned this at the top of this, but you spoke about not wanting any dead dogs. And the Wachowskis, 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 Mike Wazowski, the Wachowskis uh, said that there are, in the Matrix universe, no animals actually exist. So there are no... Ah, so no dead dogs. No dead dogs. There are no, there are no animals plugged into the Matrix as batteries. They, they would be like the triple A's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or the really awkward 9-volt batteries that you need for the smoke alarms. And you're like, I'd never have any of these around. Yeah. Um, so when a robot's, yeah, like TV remote goes. Yeah. Oh, could you get me like, I don't know, like two pit bulls? <laughs> two pit bulls and a hamster. <laughs> so yeah, the, everything is computer generated. Any, any animal in the Matrix is computer generated. So basically... Interesting throwback to the owl from labyrinth og matrix uh animal but yeah uh batteries aside there's just there's a lot of reasons that it would be it would be quite quite fun you can do what you want you're basically in a world made of sushi and you know we might be there anyway close your eyes and i'll, I'll talk you through this so it's the distant future, actual vaguely distant this time. So the distant future of 2050. This is after the oil wars. There was then the water wars. This led to nuclear war and a nuclear apocalypse, which basically fucked everything up, as you'd expect. And then from the radioactive ashes of this civilization, only really the strongest people would survive and they became warlords people like morton joe you had people like the knight rider you had people like tina turner it's an interesting post-apocalyptic and australian world so obviously i'm talking about the world of mad max uh more specifically mad max fury road and before people start sending me angry letters just in case i'm well aware that the knight rider is a character that was pre the nuclear thing, but post-oil wars, but it's just a fun name, and I didn't want to lead with Rictus Erectus. Oh, but I feel you should have. <laughs> I love the character names. It's fucking amazing. So, the Mad Max series, so it's exploitation at its finest. We'll talk about Fury Road specifically in a minute, because I know you have feelings, but I love the Mad Max films, and I could, I can't comprehend why, because they're not good, but I also think they're incredible. So Mad Max 1 was a very low-budget film that accidentally starred Mel Gibson. So he only got cast because he took his friend to an audition. Nice. Mad Max 2, to use a, most, a much-quoted line, one of my favourite films. And then Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome has Tina Turner in. Not just Tina Turner, but a character called Master Blaster, who's actually two people... And that is a dwarf standing on a big, tall guy's shoulders. Nice. What, what more do you want? It's not Gary Oldman. So does that mean that Beyond the Thunderdome is, of all of the Mad Max films, is that, is that simply the best? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is better than all the rest. So Fury Road, I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but you will. 
I think Fury Road is the perfect action movie. I pause for a response. Fury Road. I just, I don't know. I, 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 I need to see it again. But I watched it, and it was like there's stuff happening, but not much, and there's no story. And yes, it's kind of pretty, but I don't really care about what's going on. So. My thing with nothing makes you sound like you're exaggerating, like the phrase, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating, but I honestly think Fury Road is a perfect movie. The way it works is it's not it's not telling you anything more than it has to to make the plot work. Like you can read into it as much as you want. You can put kind of bits and bits together, but the important things are just the major beats of the story. And that is just Furiosa, so Charlie Sterren's character escaping from this warlord called a Morton Joe. And it is just one balls-to-the-wall action sequence for the entire film. Tom Hardy has taken over the role of Mad Max. I wonder why they didn't feel like they could cast Mel Gibson. But he hardly says anything. I just love the film. And I love the world that it creates as well. Like the, I also love that it's from the same guy who made Bane. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a nice juxtaposition. But that's the thing, like... Yeah. I don't know, and I think maybe that's one of the things with... I love Tom Hardy as an actor. And like you say, he doesn't like he's basically reduced to a hood ornament on a car in this film. <laughs> it is a proper film of why say in dialogue what you can say with like a look or a glance. So one reason I could live my uh, best life here is I just I just like Australia. I think it's a nice place. <laughs> I love the world. Like It is kind of it's, it is very vivid. Sure, it's fucked up. Sure, it's ruled by kind of weird people. But it just seems exciting. So, this is very, very different to the fact that you would live your best life somewhere where you can just be lazy, look at some <laughs> art, and and travel the world a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And now it's warlords. So obviously this 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 world's full of warlords. Um, like I said, all named incredible things. Like I think I've saved my my favorite to last, which is Lord Humongous. <laughs> really, really great with the um, <sighs> the naming there. Yeah, Lord Humongous. So I mean, I I was thinking, you know, like what would my warlord name be? What would kind of like, I feel like yeah. you need a theme. So like, uh, you have uh Bullet Town. I think it's Bullet Town in Fury Road, and everything's kind of a bit more kind of got a gun feel to it. You've got kind of a Morton Joe is all like big, kind of like industrial Isn't things. Um, but really, doesn't he have a nice. He has a he has a nice big waterfall as well, doesn't he? Yeah. So the the reason he's managed to control power is he controls the water source in this mm. kind of small settlement. I have a couple of assumptions here, which we will again we will we will we will get to. But that assumption isn't that I have control over okay. a water source. So I would live. My best life. Is there any more you want to you want to talk about? Wife, you're no. I was just uh, just looking up the um where where he lives at the Citadel, and um he has a room in Tower One called yeah. the Milking Room. He also has he also has five yeah. wives. The plot of the film is Furiosa, who's kind of like his enforcer general, mm. rescuing those wives and trying to take them away from him. But what would your like? What would your kind of like wasteland? Warlord, Warlord name. name. Um, I mean, if we're in Australia with my skin, I'd be I'd be red all of the time. So it'd be like the I don't know the maroon goon or something. The maroon goon. That is a very <laughs> Mad Max name. I 
<laughs> I, I, I commend you, brother. My warlord name doesn't matter because my best life would be being the Qatar Gimp. So in Mad Max Fury Road, there is a character called the Doof Warrior, who is a dude on this giant, like, doof wagon that has a load of drummers on the back. I realize that I'm acting this out for you on an audio only podcast but has a load of drums on the back has massive amps the guitar is so heavy so it's a 60 kilo double necked guitar that is a bass guitar in the bottom and a guitar on the top that shoots fire suspended by bungee cords and you're suspended Mm -hmm. by bungee cords as well and your entire job is to play guitar it's kind of seems to be like a bugle system where they use the guitar to send signals as well but generally you just seem to be the radio just okay. like kind of spurring everyone on. And that would okay, be so... what I do. I ha- I hang there playing guitar. So can I, can I just check one thing quickly? So you what you want to be this dude, right? The Dooforia, yeah? Yep. Are you gonna talk about the mask? Uh yeah, I'm gonna talk about the mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also gonna talk about the fact that he's blind, because I mean, so so the Doof Warrior yeah. was blind from birth. That doesn't necessarily mean they they no, didn't blind fine. him. But you're <laughs> to be the role. You're, but you're going to be blind. So I don't have to. No, I, I don't have to be blind. Like I, I'm just assuming that I rock up. Like let's say it's after Fury Road, right? So you know, big spoiler alert: the bad guys lose. So assuming they're looking for a new Doof Warrior, like I walk into town, it's like, oh shit! Uh, Is I, this I, I, it I, like I when Blink One Eighty Two needed a new guitarist because Tom DeLonge? Fucked up. You're Matt Skiba. Yeah, I, I, I am Wasteland <laughs> Matt Skiba. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the mask, though? Yeah, we can talk about the mask. So the Doof Warrior wears a mask made of his murdered yeah. mum's face. That's The dried not skin ideal. of his murders, murdered mum's screaming face, specifically. Yes, so that's not really <laughs> my scene, but I do like the red jumpsuit he's wearing. I think I can make that work. Yeah, so like preferably don't want to wear my mum's face. Oh, I know we spoke about it before, but um, if someone wants to start a no context podcast nobody asked for, I think that's the first first out of context quote we need. Preferably, I don't want to wear my mum's face. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to think. I know my dad <laughs> listens to this. Um, basically, the sacrifices you have to make for your aunt. <laughs> But I would get to I would get to play guitar all day. I'd get to see the wasteland. You have a decent vantage point as well. Like I appreciate I you know, I, I assume I'd be appreciated. Assumptions I know I described it as guitar gimp, but preferably I don't want that as part of my job description. I I, I, I want to be solely musical entertainment rather than any other entertainment <laughs> for the gang. I think I can make it work. And like the massive flame, like everyone remembers the scene of him at yeah, the yeah, front playing that's... guitar and the fire coming out. It's also what we've talked, which I think fourth fucking episode running. Um, <laughs> it's like what we talked about with The Thing, where it was a real guitar. Like they actually made it. It's an actual Aussie musician on an actual truck going through an actual desert surrounded with by his actual, actual weird mum's cars. screaming murdered face. <laughs> As a mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is why it looks so realistic. Yeah, I, I love, uh, I, I love, a, I love Australian culture. Just to come back to it, not only is it his mother's face, but he sliced it from her skull himself. 
How else do you get your mother's face? Talk about picking holes. So, uh, yeah, I think I could live my best life as a car radio in the post-apocalyptic Australian future. I mean, uh, I... Freud. Freud would have a field day. What do you mean? I think it was a very reasonable penis uh, theory. Idea. The flamethrower is controlled by the whammy bar as well, which is great. That's the important thing. That's that's nice. the one takeaway from this. Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe Tina Turner appreciates the work that I'm doing as a guitarist, and she kind of jumps on for a couple of numbers. It'd be great. So yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. Everyone should watch it. I can play guitar. Nice. Okay, so there's less... Um, there's less wearing of your mother's <laughs> screaming murdered face in this, um, in this choice. Oh, good. However, good. there is, at some point, turning up in this universe is, is a gimp as well. So, um, it's nice to see that we've got some continuity through these, um, through these choices. Well, that's, that's why we're friends, Graham. It's our shared, <laughs> shared interests interest in, um, lack of dead dogs and gimps, uh, apparently. Well, I mean, uh... Fun story for people. We once came up with a plot for a movie it that did. heavily featured. I a seem gimp. to remember having samurai swords for <laughs> limbs. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was. It was because yeah, yeah, we it was just heavily inspired Police, by Tokyo Gore, which is. We will at some point there will be an episode of weirdest sounding plot synopsises, and Tokyo Gore Police will be on there, or best use of a cock cannon. Yeah, or best use of a person regrowing their limbs as a crocodile's head. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> God, that's a weird film. Sorry, anyway, you were saying Anyway, gimps. massive, massive digression. Yeah, so, if the world is ending, where better to be than James Franco's housewarming party with Seth Rogen, Craig Robinson, Jay Baruchel, Jonah Hill, Danny McBride, Aziz Ansari, Michael Sarah. which, as a side note, this is his best turn yeah. in a film ever. Christopher Mintz Plaza, Kevin Hart, I'll take it or leave it, Rihanna, Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd, and Emma Watson. Because... So, 127 <laughs> hours. <laughs> so it's just his, his flashback. Maybe this is a fever dream during 127 hours. Um, but no, this is taking place during the, the wonderful uh, post-apocalyptic comedy that is This Is The End, which came out in 2013 which I did not Fuck, think it was really? that old. Yeah. Oh, I love This Is The End. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, look, as I said, if the world is ending, being a, a, a mansion, with having a, a party with all of these A-list comedians um, and Kevin Hart just seems like the best best place to be, really. I don't think, you know, it's your main aggressors are these, these demons that um, at one point possessed Jonah Hill. Um <laughs> They don't seem like too much of a challenge because, like, a lot of these guys make it through for for quite a while. I would admit there is a face-off with actual Satan, which maybe is is slightly trickier. Though he is only a thousand feet tall, he is not a six thousand foot. True, but also no one was looking at his face in that scene. No, no, it's just massive demonic. Massive, (laughs) (laughs) yet another band name. That is a fantastic. We are a massive you. demonic penis. This song is called "Unexpected Cameos." <laughs> Do you think perhaps some kind of doom metal? I think maybe, or like that kind of like experimental heavy stuff, which only has like all the songs would be like one minutes fifteen. Right. Yeah. 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 
Like, um, I- I'll I'll beat this out for comic effect. A- <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, because uh, Cunt would. Yeah, yeah. Very odd. Yeah. And how does that even work physiologically? Sorry, James Franco's house phone. So the the <laughs> uh, the assumption that is going unsaid here is you would be invited to James Franco's party. Absolutely. He's a fan of the podcast. Yeah, he, he's just he like, hey, it. don't tell Ian. Just come to my yeah, house party. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'd invite you. Of course I'd invite yeah. you. Just don't, just don't, you know, he always brings his dead mum's face. It all gets a bit weird. <laughs> just ignore it. And anyway, love, you lo- know. Love your mum. I could, I could introduce you to Danny McGr- McBride's gimp, who is Channing Tatum. Oh. <laughs> Which is... That- one of the best, like, cam- because because there's been so many cameos at the beginning, and then you kind of move on, and Danny McBride has formed a breakaway group of cannibals that the the kind of main three stumble across. Um, the reveal that his gimp is Channing Tatum is just it's it's one of the one of the best cameos. He's he's a really good comic actor. Like he's great in the Jump that, that, films. That's like the revelation of the last like ten years is that Channing Tatum yeah. is actually fucking hilarious. Yeah, like I I the the Jump Street movies is I really really love the Jump Street movies and I think he's oh great yeah them. and it helps that similar to kind of this is the end. I don't think people were expecting a lot. And I think because it's it's essentially a bunch of mates having the money to make a film. Yeah, <laughs> while while just ripping James Franco senseless. Which, yeah. if anything, I mean, like, not not to skip to the end, but that that could be like my my best life is just mocking James Franco. <laughs> nice, but yeah. Also, one one great part in this movie is that. It turns out that Jason Siegel has a level of awareness of how bad How I Met Your Mother is, and I am down for living in a universe where that is true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Also, in this version of the world, heaven exists, and it's an amazing version of heaven because anything you wish for comes true, and the Backstreet Boys are there. I don't know if my favourite cameo is Channing Tatum or the Backstreet Boys. Oh, it's tough. I think that, again, both were so unexpected because they were so far into the movie yeah but the backstreet boys is i don't know yeah there is something about it that's that's fantastic well back backstreet's back all right the the one thing obviously to get to heaven you need to be raptured there um which for me where i may be at a slight disadvantage with my atheism and all so the getting into heaven part might be a little bit tricky for me however these guys managed it and Seth Rogen made funny people and Paul, and he still got in. So I think I'll be absolutely fine. I don't think Paul is that bad. Ugh. I don't think Paul should be used in the same sentence as funny people. <laughs> but I also don't like that funny people inherently has the word funny in. I think that's... False advertising. That, that's overstating. Yeah, yeah. But... I, I, I literally, I nearly got in contact with the, um, with the ASA over that. Just what is going on here? But I mean, it's a lot of because it's a film and it's not a cult. It is it, like it is an all-encompassing heaven. So yeah, true. You know, even as an atheist, it is about doing the right thing. So as long as you actually do, you know, break the habit of a lifetime and do something worthwhile, um, <laughs> you could meet the Backstreet Boys. This this is very true. But also, I 
feel like I'd probably suffer a similar fate to James Franco and be like, yes, I'm going, and then taunt everyone and fuck it all up and then get eaten by Danny McBride and his his cannibals. Oh, God, I love Danny McBride. What would your your heaven wish be, then, if we assume you make it to heaven? That's a a hell of a question, Ian. I'm going to go back to uh, what we spoke about in The Matrix, and I'm just going to have a massive fucking banquet of um of dodo steaks and 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 the like with but like you know the whole um you always have like the who would your like dream dinner party guest be like with with that kind of lineup so you've got samuel jackson you've got stephen hawking you're there obviously david david bowie's there that that probably do actually yeah nice so i'll jesus christ i'm such a I'm such a fucking boring man. Like legit, <laughs> like legit, like all hilarious Henry Cavill jokes aside, my legitimate thought would just be, oh, you know what? Like a nice piece of wagyu. <laughs> <laughs> I could have anything in the world, and my first thought is, oh, like really nice marbling. Oh yeah, <laughs> and also actually, I had this really amazing tiramisu in Milan, and that is the wankiest thing you've ever said. <laughs> And I've never been able to replicate it. And also, I'm profoundly lactose intolerant. So I having that exact tiramisu from that restaurant in Milan, but with no after effects, would definitely be on the menu. So the assumption here is <laughs> uh, you're invited to James Franco's party and yeah. there's no lactose intolerance in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's, a fairly, that's a fairly fair assumption. Um, I, I think that's fair, but it's oh god, it's such a good film. One of my one of my big takeaways from the film is that I really want like the fucking hell. I I, I apologize for calling you wanky because this is even worse. Uh, <laughs> is it called a conversation pit? <laughs> like the sunken, like the sunken sofas. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, I fucking love those. So this is yeah. So I think you know from the whole like in this universe and and you'd be living your best life during the apocalypse because you're hanging out in a fancy LA mansion with all of these wonderful uh, actors and actresses. And then, you know, when you eventually realize how to get raptured, you're up to heaven, you're listening to the Backstreet Boys, you're eating Wagyu, and some amazing tiramisu with no after effects. So that is why I would live my best life in This Is The End. My final choice then. So this is set in... The actual distant future of 2,805. So this is 700 years after humanity has fled the Earth. Consumerism has run rampant and there's skyscrapers of kind of heaped garbage and everything which was... uh, Everything that they tried was too late. And luckily, the global corporation built giant starships to ferry humanity into space to just kind of bide their time while their waste allocation load lifting earth class robots clean up earth ready for humanity to come back and continue their consumerism so this film is wally wally is set partly on earth and then partly on the axiom so the axiom is one of these giant starships that has been sent into space mm-hmm. humanity has become Direct quote from Wikipedia here. Helpless corpulence due to laziness and microgravity and having every whim catered to by machinery. 
That sounds amazing. <laughs> Humanity has, most would say, devolved into being massive fat people on floating chairs with speakers that project everything you could possibly need on a tiny screen in front of you. And everything is a button away and led by the voice of Sigourney Weaver. I don't know about you, but that sounds fucking class. Like, I get it. I get that the Earth is basically being destroyed. I get that this is supposed to be like, oh, look what humanity has become. But I could press a button and get anything I want. And like, sure, being a fat piece of shit isn't going to be great, but I'm doing all right now. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone is. Like, everyone is a bubble person in a floating chair. So there isn't really going to be, like, I feel like we have progressed past body image issues because everyone's idea of body image will have, like, flexed into this new bubble person world. So your entire life would be, nobody has to work because these robots do everything. You're just communist. Yeah. (laughs) You're just, you're just floating in your, your chair. You've got speakers next to your head, everything a button away, just kind of living your best life. I, it, lunch is served in a cup, which would take some getting used to because I do love my food, but I feel like they could put anything in a cup and it'd be the same experience because this is, you know, the glorious future of 2805. So Operation Cleanup has failed until Wally selfishly proves that they're still vegetarian on Earth and everyone has to come back and work. Sorry, you just said vegetarian on Earth rather than vegetation. Ah, damn. (laughs) There's one vegetarian left. There's one vegetarian. (laughs) And and he's pissed. (laughs) That's the tagline of the movie. (laughs) So a couple of things. So outside of outside of like cinema and stuff, what would you say one of your favourite things to watch is? It's sports, Ian. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. I don't see that there is any sport in this version of reality where everyone is in. Like, there's no, there's definitely no rugby or NFL. You might have some kind of like bumper cars with like fat people on their floating chairs. But so the, the problem here, Graham, is you have a very humanist view on life. So don't get me wrong. I love rugby. I preferred it more when Wales was winning, but I still love rugby. I love American football. There's a lot of sport that I like. You know what could make those sports better? If they were played by robots. (laughs) In this world, robots are doing absolutely everything. So we're good. But surely there's no level of like competitiveness if you've got loads of robots there's no variation yeah no there's loads of robots there, there, there are robots for every task so there would be robots for sport okay but like are they not all at the same competency level therefore there's no real competition because they're just gonna every game is gonna be a tie oh uh, well i I'm, I'm assuming you would you would have like randomized coach robots <laughs> but no i i, I think I, I i think there'd be robot-led sport okay fair enough how about your your life expectancy as a blob so glad you asked <laughs> humanity has been away from earth for 
700 years, give or take. In that time, the Axiom has only had six captains. Captain O'Brien, for example, served between 2,646 and 2,774. If he became captain when he was 18, that would still make him like 160 years old. Okay, but also the captain... We, we're just talking about the life expectancy of captains here, though, right? Uh, well, it's... Um... It is the life expectancy of captains, sure, but the you're, you're lazy, as you pointed out. So, are you are you going to become captain of the, the da, 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 da. in this world? I'm not lazy. In, <laughs> in this world, if anything, I'm active. Like because every, like the, the whole level of laziness has been reset in this new world. It's brilliant. I could be like, oh, you know what? I might just pick this up myself. Suddenly, I'm the most energetic person on the spaceship. I could so become captain. You're basically, uh, it's it's like in Idiocracy. Yeah, exactly. I, I only succeed when everybody else is worse than me. <laughs> Which, if anything, I think is a very healthy way to view life. But the other thing that strikes me a lot in Wally is that there is, the, the people have a real, like, they no, have no real relationships or awareness of other people. Like, there's a scene in it where two, when everything's kind of going wrong and two people they bump into each other in their like floating car things and it's the first time anyone acknowledges anyone so yeah it feels like it'd be quite a, a lonely existence no because there's also a scene where uh, a guy and his mate organized to go play golf together but they're next to each other talking on a screen <laughs> it's great it is it's it's basically locked down but you get floaty chairs i i still maintain wally is the villain i mean that's 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 a that's a leap um, no one needs to. Earth's fucked, mate. No one needs to go back there. Life on the. If anything, the workforce needs to seize the means of production, and then they're great. <laughs> I also think, um, just just aside from like the universe of one of the best things about Wally is the first thirty-ish minutes where there's absolutely oh, no it's dialogue. A, it, it's a silent movie. It's, it's so it's, good. Oh. No, it, it's like all. Hilarious communist Wally's a bastard jokes aside, it's an, <laughs> it's an incredible film. Like it's, yeah. uh, and it was two thousand eight, which like mm. this is the I didn't realize how long how long ago it was. Yeah, geez. But it it just shows how similar to with Up, which I think is like the perfect encapsulation of what Pixar's good at. Like it's got it's got mm. a, a through line message, a very unorthodox, but just everything makes sense. And like like you said, like it's. Who would be brave enough to not have a single line of dialogue in the first half hour of a major animated like flagpole? <laughs> well, also picture. for a for a kids film as well, right? Because kids can notoriously get quite bored quite quickly. But yeah, okay. I mean, look, I, I I see the benefits. I also think that I say this as I'm talking to you through a video screen, but like the 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 whole like having that really reduced to its i guess as far as it can go kind of depresses me a little bit you you have to view it in the context of the time so <laughs> it's all it's, it's all you would ever know and you can't judge yourself by kind of what other people are doing because everyone's doing the same as you it's amazing <laughs> I am not coming across well in this episode, but it's like we talked before. I, I play front row, so I'm I'm not going to be that far from this anyway. If if anything, it makes rugby easier. Final choice. So 
hitting on a post-apocalyptic trope that we've not hit yet. And that is there are there are tons of movies set in this kind of, you know, with with this outbreak. And I suppose maybe you kind of touched on it a little bit with Last Man on Earth, but there's there's a vampire element to that. You talk about Vincent Prices. Yeah. <laughs> there's a huge like trope of just loads of Vincent Prices. <laughs> and that is obviously zombie apocalypse movies. There are there are tons of them. And there are some where I definitely would not live my best life. So 28 days later, not happening. Um, oh, I know you said... But London's empty! <laughs> <laughs> I know London's empty, but um, those are some quick zombies. This, this, however, is also set in London. Not, not quite as empty, but that's, a, that's, a, that's an early benefit for me because I know the area quite well. Um, I think that's an instant advantage for surviving, is, is knowing your way around. And... This movie is 2004's Shaun of the Dead. Nice. So um, just to, just to, just to, so Shaun. Shaun, of the Shaun dead. of the Dead. Yeah, Shaun. there's no... Well, all my notes are worthless. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I, I, I do think Shaun of the Dead is one of the most underappreciated puns in movies. Yeah, I, I, like, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, it's given quite the... Appreciation? Yeah, it's, it's just, I, I just love the title. Which is always a good start. Yeah, and also, and I know we spoke about this earlier, but there was, um, yeah, the the working title for the sequel that never was is is just as good, and that was from from dusk till Sean, <sighs> which is um, just brilliant. And from dusk till Sean does technically exist because it appears as a fake movie poster in Into the Spider Verse. Oh fuck! Yes, it does, doesn't it? The zombies in Shaun of the Dead are much. I think much easier to to kind of navigate and take out than, uh, for example, your twenty eight days later zombies. Pretty slow. You can literally get away with pretending to be one <laughs> and getting nice. past them that way. They're also fairly easy to take out. You don't need kind of military grade weaponry. Um, if you've got a cricket bat and a spade, you should be all right. They are so slow that you have enough time to check through your vinyl collection to figure out which ones you want to launch at them. I, so I, I, think... I have my peek behind the curtain. Now I've switched rooms. <laughs> I actually can see my vinyl collection. So I'm now just wondering which ones I'd be okay getting rid of. There's the Top Gun soundtrack in there somewhere. Maybe I'll... Maybe. maybe. Can I just keep the Danger Zone and the, the theme? I think, yeah, yeah. Or just... As long as you... Maybe if you you play it on spotify as you're you know as you're launching it it just i don't know it might add might add to it a little bit yeah i think you know i i think i, I fancy my chances of surviving with with some of these weapons i mean ultimately the army rock up and, and save the day anyway um so as long as i'm surviving a long enough in the zombie apocalypse until the army rock up i'm gonna be all right you're going back to a decent life so post in this universe in the Shaun of the dead universe the post-apocalypse is basically life as we know it, but six months later and the zombies are gone. And in order to survive the, the zombie part, I've had a lot of training over the years. Played and completed all of the Dead Rising games. Nice. Which have got much quicker zombies than Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I've played most of the Resident Evil franchise. I can always respawn at a typewriter if I die, <laughs> which is always good. I just need to make sure I buy a typewriter. Um, you'd, you'd just um, you'd respawn at Tom Hanks's house because he collects them. I think I think that's <laughs> I think that's the only place that has typewriters now. That's that's where they all are now. 
that, that was a um, that was a niche joke. <laughs> and I've watched t- tons and tons of zombie movies, so I think I'm pretty well prepared for like so do you, getting through the rocky rocky part. So do do you have a Z plan? So I I, I still remember when um, to bring the conversation back to my mother. Um, <laughs> generally, when we back when I still lived at home, whenever we went out drinking, we would end up at mine playing. Not that. I, <laughs> Not because I'm old, but because we're hipsters playing Nintendo 64. So we would go out, then we'd come back and we'd either play Guitar Hero on the PlayStation or like Chef's Love Shack on the Nintendo 64. Oh, fuck, I forgot that game existed. That was amazing. A South Park quiz game that then had mini games. Mini games. And it was so fun. But we ended up getting into a fairly heated debate at like two in the morning about what we would do, what our Z plan would be, so what our like zombie apocalypse survival guide would be. And my theory was that I would so my attic you needed a ladder to get into. So I yep. would take all the like the food, like tinned food and stuff we had in the house up into the attic, go up into the attic, pull the ladder up behind me, and then just kind of wait out. And then once kind of things had dissipated a bit, start like running out and getting more supplies until kind of things had calmed down. Yeah. We got into a fairly heated argument about things. And then my mum came downstairs and was just like, Ian, why, why are you guys, like, you're keeping us up. What are you doing? And me and my drunk confidence said, but mum, we're talking about our Z plan, like our zombie plans. Like, I'm going to hide in the attic. And my mum's response was just, God, Ian, we live in a terrace house. They could just come through the attic wall. <laughs> and for, for a moment there, I didn't have a Z plan anymore. And it's the most anxious I've ever been. I thought I thought she one of the things she would have said, particularly if she came down while she was playing Guitar Hero, is, why, Ian, why are you wearing my face? <laughs> that's where that's gone. <laughs> but yeah, what would, so what was your... Have you read the... Um, well, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have, and then was disappointed with the movie. Audiobook is supposed to be incredible, though. Yeah, I've I've heard. Um, well, I I've think um, it. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are in it. I think to bring it back to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I think they might be. I think yeah. you. I think you're right. It's got an incredible cast yeah. on it. I think it really. De- it, that's the problem, right? With with zombies, is there's a lot of variability. Um, so in a scenario such as a Shaun of the Dead, yeah. Z- so we'll go for we'll go for Shaun of the Dead zombies to make it on topic. Shaun of the Dead zombies would be. Very similar to to what you mentioned in terms of like just being able to find somewhere secure and 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 wait it out. Probably, I'm thinking like a um, I don't know, maybe like a like a waitrose, <laughs> but like a up, up like a, a upper class dawn of the dead. Well, if yeah, but, well, look, if I'm gonna be holed up, I want I want decent. Darling, we're summer. we're out of quail's eggs. <laughs> but not like a big waitrose because you don't want too many points of entry. You want one of those like the small high street kind of kind of versions. But that keeps you well stocked. Actually, saying that an Aldi would probably be better because they have the like random shit that they sell, and there's usually some kind. Oh, of, there'd like, randomly be a gun or something, chainsaw or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe that's it. Maybe I'll, like I'll a, hole up in an Aldi. An off-brand. It would be like a BK forty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my, 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 my plan is always very much season two of The Walking Dead. So you have to assume the zombies will be where all the people is. So you'd want to get out of the city. Yeah. So kind of farmhouse. And to quote another brilliant and I, I think underappreciated Edgar Wright film, um, Hot Fuzz, farmers and their mums have guns. So, I mean, that was more a paraphrase. But I feel like if you found like a farm, like a farmhouse 
there wouldn't yeah. there wouldn't be enough people around it to turn into zombies. You would probably have some kind of shotgunny thing. Don't they do that in? Isn't that the plot to Twenty Eight Weeks Later? It's the intro of Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Is it the intro? Yeah. Okay. Because Robert Carlyle's hanging out there and then leaves. Yeah, yeah. Leaves his wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, on a in a boat. Yeah. Is he going? To, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've I feel like I can get through the like the window that you need to survive. Plus, in Shaun of the Dead, you get to spend most of that time in a pub with beer and a gun, just, just which wait, can't be bad. Just waiting for it to all blow over. Uh, exactly. Also, this is a universe where if a close friend of mine, say yourself, Ian, had become zombified <laughs> well, during... Well, I am inherently um, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> during the course of the, you know, the, the bad time, it's still possible to hang out with you after the fact. You know, I can chain you up in my shed, uh, hook you up with a PlayStation. We're 16 years in the future now, so I'll treat you right. I'll get you a PS5. Thanks. Um, and... <laughs> even, even in a sci-fi future, you couldn't get a PlayStation 5. No, this is true. <laughs> it's been driving me mad for the past two months. But yeah, so look, I'm not saying you would get bitten, Ian, and I'm not wishing for you to get bitten, but if you were, we could still hang out in my so, shed. And that's important to me in a post-apocalyptical world. So two important things that I want on record. One, if I do get bitten and I'm living in your shed, um, I would like you to sign me up for one of those zombie-themed It's a Knockout competitions that they do in Shaun of the Dead. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with it. That's now on record. Two, okay. I feel like in a zombie outbreak, my inherent laziness would be overridden with my love of video games. So I feel like I'd be okay. I I feel <laughs> like I would go into some like zen shit, like did some Dead Rising. I got that weird like genocide achievement where I killed the town's population. I know what I'm nice. doing. It'll be great. That or I'd immediately die. I mean, let, let's be honest. Without the assumptions we're making here, we would die within the first five minutes of any of these apocalypses starting. Yeah, probably. Like, I'm surprised I'm still here now. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 why I I think I'd um I'd be able to quite enjoy uh, Shaun of the Dead scenario. It's close to home. It's in London. Minimal effort to to get through. You go back from the apocalypse to basically six months later, everything's back to normal. Apart from Ian. You're in my shed playing video games. That's fair. Now for our post-post-apocalyptic discussion. So, out of your choices, what would your kind of top three post-apocalyptic worlds you could live your best life in? Top three, I think... It's quite tricky, actually, because there are elements of them all that I think I'd I'd quite enjoy, which is a weird thing to say. I guess in third place would be this is the end third place, which is I know a bit strange because you've got the opportunity to go to heaven. Is that because of esteem issues that you don't think you'd be invited to the party that you can't put it higher than third? Yeah, I think that, and also even if I was at the party, like there's a lot of big personalities there. I don't do well at house parties. <laughs> no, you know, I'd 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 be the one. I'm. I get stuck talking to Kevin Hart. Oh, this is this is this podcast is the conversations we would end up having at a house party, which is why we're no longer really invited to them. <laughs> this is the end number three. Shaun of the Dead number two, because basically because you're going to be living in my shed, and then number one, The Matrix, on the basis of the manipulation of the world into whatever 
we want it to be. Cool. So yeah, that's 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 my top three. That's fair. How about yourself? So number one for me is Wally because it's very similar to the life that I lead already. Um, <laughs> but it's in space. Number two, I feel like has to be the Last Man on Earth, just because on the off chance my mum listens to this podcast, <laughs> I feel like I have to put last place something that might might involve wearing her face. <laughs> my assumption is that's not part of the like the uniform i'm given like they might have they they might have like stock mum faces that they have so you know how like sometimes you'll so uh, a friend of mine used to work in a shop where is this going no 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 so a, a, a friend of mine used to work in a shop and i bumped into her there once and it wasn't her name on her name tag they just grabbed a random name tag so I'm wondering if oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if that's the same with dead mum's faces. Like, do they just have them laying out and I just kind of like you know in Gladiator when he picks up his armor? I wonder if yeah, it's yeah. like that. So you've got like your red jumpsuit, you get your bungee guitar, and then there's just all of these mum faces. So like it But that's that's usually when you first start. Like, uh we haven't had the chance for you to like, you know, go get your own mum's face yet. So you'll borrow someone else's and, until you're a fully qualified guitar gimp. So there's a, what, then... so there's a probation period for guitar gimp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So usually about like six months, and then and then there'll be a second kind of like interview to see how you're doing. Yeah, but at the second interview, you have to come wearing your own mum's face. Okay, so <laughs> that's that. That's <laughs> <laughs> the face that you made. Then was a picture. <laughs> that's. Uh... <laughs> That's an out-of-context comment and a half. Um, Mad Max Fury Road has to go third because yep. the off chip, Like, I feel like if anything might have to include my dead mum's face, I should probably put it third in a list. <laughs> uh, l- l- let me rephrase. Third in a list of three. But yeah, so Fury Road third, Last Man on Earth second, Wally first. So nice. out of... Because out, out, so I'll combine top three. What you're saying? Because I mean, I think you've got the cheekbones to pull off my mum's face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I can't keep doing this, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, so, Christ. So our top three then. Um, our top three. Our, our top three. So. Um, so I feel like the Matrix needs to be in there purely because of like the endless possibilities. Mate, but, there are. but we're, so we're just, just to just to be said, we're saying Matrix with the understanding, we're aware it's the Matrix, and we're friends, we're mates with Keanu Reeves and his network. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We know the right people. Uh, they've would would you want us to win? Oh, that's an interesting one because there's a whole there's a lot of work to do to get stuff back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like that that's a project. I guess ultimately yes because. It's the right thing to do to, you know, unenslave the human race and all. That, that's fair. And and they did have those like funky cave raves. I think you referred to them as cave orgy raves <laughs> on a cave... previous episode. Oh nice, nice, good. Okay. <laughs> or cave rave orgies. I cave think. rave orgies, yeah. cave orgy raves. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as living underground goes, it's not quite Cloverfield Lane, is it? <laughs> no, it's um yeah, there's less amenities, but more friends. Yeah, the real Matrix is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> so no, the, uh, the Matrix is up there. 
the real philosophical question here, Graham, is are you prepared to embrace your inherent laziness? <laughs> I I see the value. I I I can of of all of these scenarios, like I, I get the the appeal of Wally. But the the Wally the Wally life isn't too far away from the Matrix life. No, it's not. You're you're right. Although you But you you're actually yeah. no, because you're this is just a weird thing to keep us <laughs> Because you're not talking pod person matrix, you're talking. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you don't want drunk pink bath matrix. You want video game matrix. No, and actually, like the the goopy the goopy bath matrix is there is a level of like you you could maybe say that because like you say that's quite similar to the the Wally lifestyle. But yeah, I'm I'm in order to propel this up the list. I'm saying the the video game you can hack the matrix you can it can be anything or whatever you want it to be basically and your mates with keanu reeves yeah, yeah and will yeah. smith doesn't exist yeah nice done episode done let's stop recording <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm kind of feeling it's it goes matrix wally and then it's one of the like zombie apocalyptic kind of films between uh last man on earth and Shaun of the dead Last Man on Earth. The positives. <laughs> my, are... my my mum will be happy. My you, my mum yeah, my mum's you... face will be happy. <laughs> oh, it puts on a new meaning to that song. Put on a happy face, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. So like, if there's there's the benefits that you were talking about in that that you could kind of be a you you like a king to these intelligent zombie vampire people. But in the Shaun of the Dead scenario, you live in my shed and play video games all the time. Ah, true, but. You could be a zombie vampire person. Like there's, there's... <laughs> You're not selling it massively. No, no, no. But there's like, with this kind of, with the injection stuff that they had, they're all leaving like normal lives. All they have to do is inject themselves occasionally. It's basically zombie diabetes. So do you, am I, am I your man on the inside to like big up? The... <laughs> I, I'm yeah, your Hercules but, Mulligan. But also, yeah, you're, you're, you're my Hercules Mulligan. In The Last Man on Earth stuff, Again, there's a lot of assumptions here, but assuming that I've been bitten by a bat, <laughs> fucking hell, this is a weird conversation. Assuming I've been bitten by a bat, it means that I'm immune. And if I'm immune, my blood should actually cure you. Okay. So, so... and so in, in The Last Man on Earth, to spoil a film that came out 60 years ago, <laughs> they basically send someone, one of the zombie vampire people pretends to be a survivor to spy on them and spy on Vincent Price and then she discovers that his blood's a cure but before she can tell the rest they kill him right so that's not going to happen to me because I'm too lazy to go out slaughtering zombie vampire people so we could kind of come up with a thing like and you know what it's your choice if you want to still be a zombie vampire person power to you live at night it's great I don't sleep anyway but <laughs> As as shown by the fact that it's half past midnight on a Tuesday whilst we're recording this, <laughs> and I'm still <laughs> and I'm still drinking. I have tomorrow <laughs> off, by the way. Nice. Just, uh, just... I don't. <laughs> nice. So, so, just one thing: if if you were putting this ahead of Shaun of the Dead, you're basically saying that you'd prefer to live in that reality than basically the reality we live in now, because. In short of the dead, we kind of go back to to how things were as once we've got over the, the zombie apocalypse. True, so, true. 
But my choice here seems to be whether I'm going to be a legend or live in your shit. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the, the term legend is banded about quite a lot, but I think... Thank you. Know, great, great. I am legend. <laughs> I mean, Will Will Smith was was given the name, so it's it's not it's not a title that that really holds much weight. But yeah, no, it's it's a tough one. I mean, obviously, I am legend involves. I mean, it doesn't involve me playing guitar on a giant truck. <laughs> which is a tough one. Ah, but and this is why the Matrix has to be number one because you can go into the Matrix virtual dead mum's face, yeah. Exactly. There we go. True. But Last Man on Earth World, because the daytimes until I cure people, during the day I could build my own So this is a this is a fucking preposterous conversation. I will build I will build my own doof wagon. <laughs> I will build I just Yeah, and I, I could just be there, I could be playing along. I you know Zombie vampire mum will kind of come down to visit. The I'll be like, hey Ian, have you slaughtered any zombie vampires? And I'd be like, no, I couldn't be bothered to leave the house today. The 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 aesthetics of Last Man on Earth and Fury Road, I don't feel could be further apart from each other. Unless you've watched the the Chrome edition of Fury Road, which is black and white, because it's also in black and white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't want to live in your shed. Um, I know you did a lot of work on the garden recently, and that's commendable, fair play, but I, I don't want to live in a shed. I, was, I, I, love, the, I, I love the difference. So, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I kind of like being the saviour of mankind. Um, <laughs> let's, let's flip it a bit then, shall we? Let's say... Okay. Let's say you are legend. <laughs> and I am vampire zombie. Like... I don't feel like you would be slaughtering vampire people either. Like, so would having days to yourself and then being able to kind of socialize at night with the ability to also kind of be that guy that saved everyone? I mean, it's, it's an attractive proposition, but also like just having my, the world go back to my friends and family all being okay is, is also quite attractive as well. No, but they, they, they would be. Like, if you wanted to cure them, you could cure them. Sure. First half of the film involves a lot of people dying and be thrown into a pit to set on fire. But you haven't seen the film, so I didn't feel like I should have to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's there's definitely uh, a, a, a there's there's like this is what happens in the film, and this is I don't know. I feel like they're they're kind of your your version of the film and the how version about, of the film that exists. Is... How how about how about we compromise? And we go Fury Road, but I still live in your shed. (laughs) (laughs) Just after a hard day being a car radio, I come back to your house and live in the shed. A hard day gimping. Hard day gimping. But again, assumptions are there and I'd want that in writing. So you've absolutely flipped it from the conversation being between um, Last Man on Earth and Shaun of the Dead to actually, no, fuck it, I want to wear my mum's face and play a guitar. I mean, let, let's factor out my mum's face here. Um, I feel like if, that is important. Okay, all right, fine, 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 fine. I will go Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, but you're living in my shed. I'll give you okay, the. I'll give you. I'll enough. give you the big one because we've got two. All right, Johnny. Johnny two sheds. 
That's what they call me. So, <laughs> right, okay, so, the podcast nobody asks for is <laughs> top three post-apocalyptic worlds in which we could live our best life. Number three, Shaun of the Dead with Graham living in my shed. <laughs> so, Gra- Graham of the shed, if you will. Graham of the shed, yeah, yeah. Number two, Wally. And number one, yeah. The Matrix. I would like to apologise to my mum. Uh, if you disagree with us or have any better ideas, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. Um, and if if you just want to have a chat and help me through digesting the shit that we spoke about on this episode, um, please tweet me or us at um, nobody asked for pod with the number four because this went in directions that I was not prepared for yeah and you can also find us on facebook at that same address as well please rate us on apple podcast give us five stars uh mention any episode ideas you think we should do um and yeah don't know about you but i'm gonna go call my mum and warn her about this episode (laughs) (laughs) good idea For this. Hey, Mum. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. So, about this latest episode of the podcast.